This is the North Georgia Life Podcast. Embrace life where you live. Welcome to the North Georgia Life Podcast. It is Jake, your host, or I should say welcome back. I have been a little MIA for the last couple months on the podcast because for a couple reasons, actually. One is I have lost my voice twice in the last eight to ten weeks. That is the nature of having children in preschool. You're eventually going to get it. Part of why. The other part is I have been in a training class for my real estate business for the better part of the last eight weeks, and that has occupied a lot of my life and time. And so that's where I've been. It's also been logistically hard with some of the guests that I've been trying to get on the podcast. The fall is just a busy season for a lot of people. So uh, we have, I actually have three episodes to record lined up for this week. So after the holiday break, you'll have some great content to listen to in 2020. Stay tuned for that. But today's episode is going to be me giving you some tips and tricks from my mental Rolodex on how to just make life a little bit better and a little bit sweeter over the holiday season. Uh, Whatever you celebrate this time of year, Hanukkah is coming up, Christmas, Kwanzaa, New Year's, Festivus just passed. I'm sorry if you were waiting for Festivus, you missed it. This is the eating season, let's be honest. The reason that everybody has a lot of health-related New Year's resolutions is because we made some terrible decisions with our eating habits for the six weeks leading up to that. However... I'm going to give you something that is one of my favorite sources of cooking recipes and food of sorts, and it's Alton Brown. It's A-L-T-O-N Brown. He is an Atlanta native. He has a cooking show called Good Eats, and the thing that I really like about him is he explains some of the science behind why things pair well together as far as foods and recipes go. I will tell you that Probably 70% of our Thanksgiving, Christmas, holiday season menu, when we do family gatherings and meals and stuff like that, probably around 70% of our cuisine is in some way, shape, or form from Alton Brown. If, If you look up his recipes, his Thanksgiving turkey brine, if you have not brined a turkey, you don't know turkey. I, and I know some of you are thinking, you get the injection, you fry it. No. No. Like, it's good, but I'm telling you, once you've brined a turkey and you do it properly, like, you can't have regular turkey ever again. Legitimately. And some of you think I'm exaggerating here. The first brined turkey I brought over to a friend's house, we were having Thanksgiving at a friend of ours years ago, and I brought the turkey over, had brined it, and... I was in the kitchen. I, as a cook, I just make sure everybody eats first. I, they get their plates first, so I'm coming in last. So I'm in the kitchen. Everybody else is sitting down eating, and I kid you not, I just hear people start moaning at the table, like moaning. And I'm, I don't know if it's braggadocious or whatever, but I knew they were eating the turkey. I mean, I'm telling you, it's amazing. And it's really simple to do. You do need a couple special ingredients, which is not hard to find at local grocery stores. But if you follow his turkey brine recipe, I'm telling you, it's going to change the way you, like you are going to be world famous at your kitchen table. You will be legend. You Grandma will hate you. Like she's going to hate your guts because you're going to upstage grandma uh, and she's going to hit you. 
And you're just going to have to be okay with that because everybody's going to have a smile on their face when you're getting hit with the wooden spoon. So Alton Brown, great source of recipes for your holiday season, whatever, really from Thanksgiving on. Another thing, as some of you know, I grew up outside of Philadelphia. I'm from the Northeast. We get lots of cold weather up there. And down in Georgia, we don't obviously have that as much. But we do get a lot of frost in the winter months. And some of you are out there uh, understanding why people in the Northeast are so angry and why they cuss more and all these sorts of things. And it's because it's so stinking cold for so long. And they have to go outside and scrape the ice and the frost and all that stuff off their windshield on a daily basis. And you and I both know we our attitude might change a little bit if that were us. Uh, let's be honest. So I'm going to save you some time and maybe some morning profanity with this solution. And I've got this on my real estate Facebook page. If you go on Jake Moran Realtor and just scroll down through some of the feeds, you'll see a video where I post your DIY windshield defroster. I, I don't know what I call it, but I do a lot of videos that are just helpful for things like this. This is how you make your DIY windshield de-icing formula. And the reason I make it myself is because it's like a quarter of the cost of buying anything at your automotive stores or Walmart or wherever. Here's how you do it. You get isopropyl alcohol, two bottles of isopropyl alcohol. You can get it from anywhere that sells it. I go to Dollar Tree because it's actually a dollar. So you've got $2 in it. Then you pour two of those into a squirt bottle and then fill one of them up with just regular water and then pour it in there. So you've got a two to one ratio of the isopropyl alcohol to water. If all you do is squirt that on your windshield when it's frosted, it will dissolve the frost almost instantly. It actually is good for cleaning your wiper blades. The isopropyl alcohol is, so it'll clean the wiper blades in the process, just added bonus. Because it's so much the alcohol content, it keeps your windshield from freezing back up or frosting back up. And all you have to, I mean, you literally can go outside and in 15, 20 seconds, defrost your windshield, your windows and whatever, and run back inside with your slippers on. Super, super easy. Two bottles of isopropyl alcohol. That should make everyone's frosty mornings a little bit better. Another thing that I also put on a Facebook ad on my real estate page, which got a lot of traffic. I think last I checked, it was like 4,300 views on this video, is where to hide your kids' Christmas presents. So I got two things for you. One, it all depends on where you live, is you can actually get your neighbors to hold your Christmas presents. Uh, depending on how meddling your kids are, you can actually just get your Christmas gifts delivered to your neighbors. Obviously, you've got to have a trustworthy and you know friendly neighbor to do this uh, and have them put it in their garage or something like that where you can have easy access to it when you need it. Your kids, they won't be able to find anything in the house because there won't be anything in the house. So that's one thing. The second place is under your child's bed. It is the only place they will never look. And people laugh when I tell them this, but this is like God's honest truth. We had one year, we had an entire Christmas under our kids' beds because the surrounding perimeter of their bed is like, is trashed. I mean, they just, I mean, they shove sweatpants and gym bags and I mean, stuff when, when they're told to clean their room, it's basically like a trash compactor. They take everything that's on the floor and they push it under their bed and they are scared to death of pulling anything out because it's going to be a chore. They're going to have to do laundry. They're going to have to fold stuff. They're going to have to put stuff away. And if you've got kids, you know one thing is true about all children. Children are allergic to chores. 
I'm telling you, we had fishing rods, like legit fishing rods under their beds, skateboards, all sorts of stuff we hid underneath their beds. I'm certain they looked around the house for it, didn't find anything. And all you had to do was pull, you know, a couple pairs of sweatpants or sweatshirts or gym bags over and you just kind of slide the presents in the slot there and then you push it back in and they have absolutely no idea it's there. So you're welcome. The last thing is some book recommendations. This is the time of year that a lot of people have extended times off and you're, you know, maybe around the house and you don't have a whole lot to do. Look, I'm not going to get into lecturing you that we should all be reading more. We all should be reading more. Uh, it is really good for your brain. It's good for strengthening your brain for old age, which none of us are excited about. But reading is so good for so many reasons that uh, a lot of us don't do it. One, because we don't want to make the time. We've got time to search through Facebook. Let's be honest. we got time to read. We just feel like you don't want to dive into a book that you don't know is really, really good. So I'm going to give you some really, really good book of recommendations that you can read in your spare time over the holidays that are coming up, as well as as you have time or you go on vacation and you want to get a good book. Once you get into a good book, you'll start to like reading more. And that's why I never did a whole lot of reading as a kid, because all the books we had to read in school were were stupid. I hated them. I did, they, you know, they took forever. They some of them were so thick they should only be used as like a weapon. That's why I hated reading. So some of my top book recommendations. One of them is The Shack. The Shack is a book that came out years ago. It was actually made into a movie. The movie is good, but I'm telling you, the book. And I know this is cliche. People say the book is better than movies. Look. The books that I'm going to give you as recommendations are legitimately way better than the movies, and so you just need to read them. And they're easy reads, easy reads. So The Shack is one of them. If you don't get choked up reading The Shack, you don't have a heart. I mean, I'm just, you may not have a soul. You might, you might actually be dead. The Shack is such a good book. It doesn't take long. It will make you think about life in general, how you interact with people, your family, just how you think about God and your life as a whole. Another one that is in that same realm is called This Present Darkness by Frank Peretti. This Present Darkness, I was, I've given out, I've given out, I have loaned like three, four, five copies of this book. I have not gotten a single one back, and I can't remember who I gave the books to. So I apparently befriend book thieves uh, on a rapid basis. Legitimately, I have bought this book at least three or four times that I can remember, and I keep having to buy it because it keeps, I keep loaning it because it's such a good book, and then my terrible friends don't bring it back to me. Anyway, I'm telling you, this book is amazing. The first maybe quarter of the book, first 70 pages or so, is a little disjointed because it's hopping from scene to scene, and you it takes a little while to figure out what's going on. But the last two-thirds of the book, I'm telling you, like you'll forget you had kids. You'll forget to cook dinner. You won't care. It's such a good book. You will just tear through it. It is a great vacation book. This Present Darkness by Frank Peretti. And these are guys and girls. I, I'm telling you, some of these books, you're like, oh, that'll be a good book for my husband. It'll be a good book for my wife. No, these are good books for everyone. Lone Survivor. This is a, another book that was made into a movie, and the movie captures about the last half of the book. It's really focused on the mission itself. The first third to half of the book is all about Marcus Luttrell, who's the Lone Survivor. It's all about his growing up, how he knew he wanted to become a Navy SEAL, 
the training they went through at, at SEAL camp and just some of the life application lessons from that first half of the book, I can't tell you how many times I've shared them and, and just tried to reinforce things to people and encourage people in them. One of them is, and I won't spoil the whole book for you, but there is a scene in the, in the book where obviously they, you know, in the military, they all have to have their, their beds done in a perfect way and their rooms clean and, you know, it's tip top all the time. So one night when they go to the mess hall for dinner, one of the instructors climbs the outside wall of the barracks, sneaks in through the window, and trashes one of their rooms. Like, trashes it. And then they get back, and they get berated for this, and obviously they all knew that this was wrong, that somebody had done something to them. And then they have to go out, and you know they're punished and going out in the Pacific and doing push-ups and all this stuff. And what happens in the sequence of when they graduate him asking about his instructor, you know, what was the deal with that? Like, why did you do that? And he said, it was an, it basically is an exercise to see how you deal with gross injustice. Because obviously everyone knew that what was done was fundamentally wrong. And everything they do at, in the SEAL process and the special forces it is physically uh, strenuous, but it is all to to train the mind. And that's one of the things that I've shared from that book. And they talk about, and anybody in an elite level talks about the same concept, and that is the human body can withstand nearly anything. Like, it is so hard for the human body to die. It is the mind that is the thing that breaks down. And so all of the training that they do in those elite levels, and this is elite sports, this is obviously in the military, it is all to try and, and break your mind and see whose mind is unbreakable. So, so many good life applications. And this is men, women, and I'm telling you, this is a military book about a military mission that really happened is the single greatest loss of life in a SEAL mission. As a dude reading this in my 30s, I like teared up four or five times reading this book. This is men, women uh, alike. This is such a good book. You've got to get Lone Survivor. One of the other books that I love that I actually just finished reading my notes on it uh, this morning is called The Magic of Thinking Big. This is by a guy named David Schwartz. This has been out for a little while now. I came across this book. I'm in a coaching group right now with some people who are gazillionaires. I don't even know how much they're, they're worth, but they are some of the top business podcasts on the planet. And they started a coaching group, and I applied, and I, was, I, I got in somehow. And so one of the guys who leads it, somebody asked him one day, what is the, the best book you've ever read? And he said, so this top-level elite person, he said, The Magic of Thinking Big by David Schwartz. So I ordered it that night. He said, when people ask me what's the second best book you've ever read, he said, I couldn't tell you. Let that sink in. Somebody who's probably a eight, well into the eight, nine-figure earner, The Magic of Thinking Big, the number one book that he has read and he gives out to other people. There's probably some things that all of us can glean from it. Highly recommend that one. Another one that's really good this time of year is John Maxwell's Intentional Living. Uh, John Maxwell has written about 47 million books. Intentional Living is one of my favorites, and it is very, very practical. It is an easy read. 
and it's great for starting out a new year. So that's a great gift idea, a great thing to pick up for yourself. Those are some of my book recommendations. You know how to defrost your windshield now so you don't have to go out in the morning and cuss at everything or try to scrape your windshield off with a credit card, which I don't know who thought that was a good idea, but it's a terrible idea. And don't pour hot water on your windshield unless you want to replace your windshield. That's how windshields shatter. All it takes is a little crack and that thing is gone. Again, I want to apologize for the delay in having new episodes up. And in the spirit of being a true podcast episode, I'm going to give myself a lightning round question. So today's question is titled from the Arismic song, Sweet Dreams Are Made of These. Such a good song, by the way. Such a good song. I often wonder if I was a major league pitcher, like that might be the song that I come out of the bullpen to, you know. (laughs) So um, I digress. So the question is, which iconic rap hip hop phrase would you be more likely to say if you had a dream and in your dream you got an alley-oop and you dunked it on LeBron James, like right up in his face. You just smashed LeBron James. He was on the backside of the highlight reel in your dreams, obviously. Would you be more likely to say, from Biggie Smalls, I'm not a player, I just crush a lot? Or would I be more likely to say, why James crying? Because he just got dunked on by the YouTube sensation Froggy Fresh. Now, some of you, I'm going to pause here. Some of you have not seen these videos on YouTube you look up Froggy Fresh Christmas, Froggy Fresh Krispy Kreme, Froggy Fresh, Why James Crying. You just look up those things. I'm telling you, it's it's why the internet was made. I, I'm convinced. The internet was not made for sharing information. The internet was made for people like Froggy Fresh to become famous by being idiots. So, I... As much as I like Froggy Fresh, I'm going to go with Biggie Smalls. I'm not a player. I just crush a lot because, like, let's be honest. If you dunked it in LeBron James' face and he just kind of turns around and he looks at you like he's like no one's ever done that, and then you're just like, I'm not a player. I just crush a lot. Like, how do you rebound from that as LeBron James? I don't know. So that's my answer. I think it's more intimidating than Froggy Fresh anyway. So that's today's episode. I hope you have a great Christmas, depending on when you're listening to this, a happy new year, and the 2020 starts out with a bang. You are not going to want to miss some of the episodes we've got coming up. With that, I'm going to bid you adieu, happy holidays, and I will see you in 2020. This is the North Georgia Life Podcast. Embrace life where you live.